Hello, friends and fellow lovers of all things beachy. Welcome to The Beach Speaks, the podcast that shares stories about the beach and our connection to it. I'm your host and beach lover, Paige Friend, helping you reconnect with the beach, return to your soul, and reimagine your life. So grab a cool drink, relax in your beach chair, stick your toes in the sand, and enjoy this episode of The Beach Speaks. Hey, beach lover. How do you feel about seaweed? (laughs) I bet as soon as you heard me say that word, you could smell it. Well, for me, a little bit is okay. As soon as I catch even the faintest scent of seaweed mixed with the salty air, I know there's a beach somewhere nearby. And I don't need a GPS to find it. All I need to do is follow my nose. (laughs) When I think about the beaches here on the Atlantic coast, I never really consider that seaweed could be a problem. I only notice it when it's washed up in small patches along the shore or in the ocean, but it's never really gotten in the way of my enjoying the beach. In fact, I don't really mind the salty, fishy smell, as long as it's not too strong, because Well, it transports me back to my childhood, playing on the beach. I mentioned that in episode 51 of my story about how I ran away from summer camp to go to the beach and the fun I had running along the water's edge, popping the seaweed pods like bubble wrap. On the Gulf Coast, however, when a certain type of seaweed piles up on shore, it's a completely different story. For people wanting to enjoy a perfect beach day, it's a smelly, unpleasant nuisance. And for some ocean life, it can be deadly. It's called sargassum, the specific variety of seaweed that occurs naturally in the ocean. It's a brown algae that grows in patches, commonly known as algae blooms, in the warm, shallow waters of the Gulf of Mexico. It's the kind you notice right away because it floats up to the top of the ocean and it stays on the water's surface. And in moderation, it's a good thing because the seaweed supports all kinds of marine life and it plays an integral part of the ocean's ecosystem. But when a collection of seaweed gets too large, it essentially depletes the water of oxygen and the marine life feeding on it starts to die off. And, well... I probably don't have to tell you, but when gobs of seaweed mixed with rotten fish washes up on the shore, it is not pleasant. Scientists have been following this rapidly growing collection of sargassum, but they didn't consider it too much of a threat until recently. However, around March this year, reports started flooding the news feeds of what had now become an apocalyptic-sized 
5,000 mile wide patchwork of sarcasm clumps floating in the Atlantic and making its way toward Florida and the other coastlines along the Gulf of Mexico. A giant blob of seaweed, twice the width of the United States, was now threatening to dump smelly and possibly harmful piles across all the beaches. Now, I started to pay more attention about this massive blob of seaweed, thinking, wow, wouldn't it be awful if that blob reached Cancun? (laughs) And if you're a frequent listener to the podcast, you can probably guess why I was suddenly all worried about Cancun. You might recall in my last episode, Let's Talk Beach Travel Wine, My guests Lyle and Leanne spoke in detail about their recent 14-day tour of Mexico. It was somewhat of a whirlwind trip, touring the historic ruins and the cities all around the country, diving in the crystal blue waters of the cenotes. And it reminded me of the experience Ernie and I had on our 12-day trip to Costa Rica, where by the time we reached one place, We only had a day or so to experience the sights before having to pack up and travel to another adventure. We saw a lot and really enjoyed it all, but I was so glad Judy, our travel specialist that helped plan our trip, booked us four nights at an all-inclusive resort on the beach at the end of the trip so we could relax in the tropical sunshine before returning to the dark December chill back in the States. And Lyle and Leanne, being the experienced travels that they are, knew they would need some time to wind down, so they purposely ended their Mexico adventure with a couple of days rest at a beach in Cancun. Now, I was especially interested in what they had to say about that, because Ernie and I had plans to go on a four-day trip to Cancun for a symposium with about 20 of my fellow entrepreneurs from Shiftco, which is a conscious business group that I joined way back in May of 2020, and that up until now, we only met virtually. (laughs) I joked, we weren't planning on there being a lot of symposiuming going on. (laughs) There were a couple of fun workshops planned each day, but no one was required to attend. The primary intention was to use this time to relax and focus on what was calling us to shift in our lives and in our business, and to simply enjoy some time together in person, since most of us had only met each other on Zoom. I was really looking forward to just lounging on a beach chair on the white sandy beach and swimming in the crystal clear blue green water. The day we arrived in Cancun, the weather was picture perfect, sunny, warm, and just a hint of humidity, enough that I could feel a slight dampness on my skin, but not enough to make my hair frizzy. We had to wait about 30 minutes for the shuttle to the resort, and with each minute, I got more and more excited. And on the ride, we chatted with the driver, who seemed equally as excited to share all the wonderful things to do there the restaurants and the pool and the entertainment, all that one would expect at a tropical coastal resort. I don't think he ever mentioned the beach, though. And when we arrived at the entrance, we barely made it off the shuttle when the valet grabbed our luggage, tagged it with our names, and told us that someone would bring it to our room. 
I could smell the telltale scent of seaweed mixed with the salty air, and that meant that even if I couldn't see it, the beach was close. We finally got through the lengthy process of checking in, and then, room keys and passes to the private pool in hand, we hopped on a golf cart ride to our second-floor deluxe ocean view room. Our luggage had been delivered, but rather than checking out our room first, I wanted to check out the beach. I followed the arrows along a narrow stone path toward the beach and stepped out onto the soft, tan-colored sand dotted with bright purple flowers on vines that wove in and out of the dunes. And I looked out at the ocean and thought, Here I am, on the beach, in Cancun, and it's seaweed season. Hmm. My heart sank as I saw that the entire length of the beach was lined with clumps of dark brown seaweed that you had to step into and over in order to reach the water, which was, for the most part, brownish from the seaweed floating on top, far from the bright blue-green color I was expecting. It wasn't awful. I mean, aside from the piles of seaweed and the murky water, I could see myself in a lounge chair under the shade of the palm tree, sipping on a refreshing tropical drink, maybe for an hour or so, but not all day. If beaches have personalities, and I really think they do, I would say this one was a little cranky. (laughs) It was telling me, you know, I'm not feeling like myself right now, so you might not want to hang out with me, you know? It's okay, I don't blame you. But you'll probably have more fun hanging out somewhere else, like the pool. The private one is really nice. They have great drinks and music, and you can sign out a cabana bed and nap all day, and they'll bring the towels and drinks to you. But if you want to hang out with me, that's okay too. Early in the morning is really my best time. You probably won't want to go for a beach walk because of the seaweed, but I bet you can get some beautiful photos of the sunrise. I sighed and said, I'll see you in the morning. So that next morning, I woke up about 30 minutes before the sunrise and made my way down the path to the beach, stopping along the way to take some photos of those purple flowers on the dunes. I didn't see anyone walking on the beach, but I did see a worker fervently shoveling mounds of seaweed into a wheelbarrow to be taken away by a dump truck. They had probably been there all night, trying their best to clear up as much of the seaweed as possible, but much of it was still there. The beach was a little less cranky, though, a little smelly, but I didn't notice it much. I was focused more on the sky above the water, taking photos of the orange glow of the sunrise. I had my portable podcast recorder with me, so after taking some photos, I stepped to the edge of the water and bent over a clump of seaweed to record a few minutes of the waves lapping up on the shore, before the smell came over me and I had to go back to the room. I had enough of the beach for now. And you know, the fact that the beach wasn't someplace I really wanted to hang out the whole time was okay, because the trip wasn't all about relaxing on the beach. After all, the true purpose of being there was to spend time with my fellow shifters, as we called ourselves, in real life, and getting to know each other more. 
And Ernie was with me, and he just wanted to chill and relax together and nap in the cabana. (laughs) Very few people were sunning themselves on the beach anyway or swimming in the ocean. Everyone just seemed more interested in the pool. A few in our group planned on going on an excursion to Tulum to tour the ruins and swim in a cenote. And the excursion sounded like a lot of fun, and Lyle and Leanne highly recommended it. But we were kind of on the fence. We only had four days here. Do we go? Do we not go? And in the end, we decided to not go. Since our primary objective was to relax and chill and enjoy fun activities and meaningful conversation with people who want to be the change we want to see in the world. It was really about being together in community. Everyone we wanted to hang out with seemed to gather around the private pool, floating in the water, drink in hand, sharing plates of burgers and fries, and and taking long naps in our private cabanas. And I love those naps. What I also loved was the view from our hotel room balcony. The ocean was lovely. It wasn't exactly a front view, It was blocked by just a little corner of the balcony next door, but it was still visible enough that I could see it above the railing while sitting and enjoying my first cup of coffee in the morning. And if I stood up at the edge of the balcony and looked straight ahead, a short distance away, there was a wide wooden walkway that extended from the ground floor of the resort out to the beach dunes, where at the end, there stood a simple wooden covered platform large enough for about 10 people that they stood close together. With the exception of the ocean view behind it, the structure itself seemed kind of plain, nothing remarkable. As I stood looking over the railing, I started to see a group of hotel staffers below walking purposely down the planks, carrying large boxes and a few more carrying a wooden arch on its side and then hoisting it up at the far end of the pavilion. They set the boxes down next to the arch, and a couple of the staffers began pulling out yards of white flowy cloth that they wrapped around the arch and fastened with lush palm fronds and tropical flowers. Then, two more came out and began lining up white folding chairs in neat rows facing the arch. It was pretty obvious now. They were setting up for a wedding. And we had a bird's eye view of the whole thing, from ceremony to dinner and dancing. It started to feel like the beach was more of a backdrop rather than the main stage. There were so many ways, other than the beach, that people got together to celebrate and commune with one another at the pool, dining at a different restaurant each night, dancing to the DJ spinning 80s tunes, and the weddings. Not only outside our balcony, there were weddings set up all over the place. Outside our balcony, there was a new wedding every day, uh, sometimes two. They were all very different, some simple and elegant and some large and party-like. And there was one I'll never forget. One late afternoon, we were walking from the pool back to our room to get ready for dinner when we were stopped by a large procession of men, women, and some children dressed in colorful traditional Eastern Indian clothes, singing and chanting. They were on their way toward the wedding venue that was below our balcony, 
And we stood along the side like we were watching a parade when we saw in the middle of the procession the groom dressed like a king and riding a horse. (laughs) Now, this was not just a horse. It was a pure white stallion, and its mane and tail were braided in this intricate pattern and woven with gold ribbons. I had never seen anything like it. So we watched the start of the wedding in the daylight from our balcony before going to dinner and dancing. And when we returned several hours later in the dark, you could see the decorative white lights reflecting on the ocean and the ceremony was still going on. It was like the beach was telling me that as much as I wanted to make the whole stay about the beach, it wasn't all about just the beach. It was more like the atmosphere of the beach about let's get together and celebrate and enjoy it all. There was a small water park with two short but steep water slides, and it was geared more for kids, but a few in our group decided they wanted to try them out. We wanted to, but we never seemed to work up the energy to go. One of our group, Oniki, a lifeguard from Jamaica, had a little mishap coming down one of the slides, and it's a really funny story, but you'll have to wait to hear him tell it in a future episode I recorded with him after our trip. Oniki is a great storyteller, and the one about the slide incident is a classic. On our last morning there, I led a sunrise mindful yoga session on the beach for a group of about 10 shifters, and there was plenty of room for everyone to lay down their mat on the sand and not have to worry about being too close to the seaweed. The waves were calm, and the sand was cool. And at the end of the session, as everyone lay still on their backs, eyes closed in Shavasana, I stood at the edge of the shore and stared at the horizon, not even thinking about the seaweed near my feet, listening to what the beach had to say to me. It was all about that moment, in silent meditation, of this time I got to spend getting to know these incredible souls, doing amazing things to make an impact in our world. And even though the beach wasn't the center stage that I had expected it to be, it spoke to me in gratitude for what it was at that moment. It gave me four days of rest, relaxation, and community. And maybe when I return again, when it's not seaweed season, the beach will be in a better mood. But for now, I was happy with how it all turned out. It couldn't have been any better. So that was my experience at the beach in Cancun. Have you ever been there? I'm curious if you have, how did the beach speak to you. Drop me an email message or a voicemail and let me know. And stay tuned next week for a bonus episode I recorded with Amanda Solar of the Soulful Connections podcast, where we talk about the importance of connecting with the beach and about her favorite beaches, which 
I'm definitely putting on my beach bucket list. And if you're thinking about what books to read on the beach this year, I have a special episode coming up with author and screenwriter Jane Rosen. I invited her to join me on the podcast to talk about my two favorite subjects, books and beaches, and hear more about her latest book, On Fire Island, that just came out. The Beach is Speaking. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Beach Speaks. If you like what you heard, share the podcast with another beach lover. And speaking of sharing, I want to know how The Beach is speaking to you. To record a message, just go to my website, thebeachspeaks.com, click the voicemail button, it's super easy, and I'll play it on the show. And if more beach is what you crave, visit thebeachspeaks.com or follow The Beach Speaks on Facebook and Instagram, where I post all my gorgeous sunrise photos and videos. It's another way for you to reconnect with the beach, return to your soul, and reimagine your life. The beach is speaking. Are you listening?